Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date in the world of social media. Today, our great friend Colin Lepiscopo is joining us today. We're going to be getting into campaign strategy and planning for 2022, what we learned from 2021, and what's ahead for 2022. 22 in the marketing space. So Colin, so excited. Been wanting to have you on the show for a while. How are you doing today, my friend? I am doing great. So happy to be here. Um, I've got some Christmas lights to put up this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and celebrating a 41st birthday. So it's kind of a oh lot, of lot coming up. So you're a young, young happy pup. birthday. I thought you were going to start you. singing. Yeah. That was great. In yeah, a few so. days, in a few days. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what's cool. going on here. It's kind of, you know, it rained in San Diego. It's, we're having fun. It, you know, it kind of, and I saw some posts about this. It kind of stinks when your birthday is this close to Christmas growing up. And it's like, oh, we'll oh lump them together. Combo yeah. gift city yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. You know, you yeah. build, and, and as a kid, you know, as an adult, you're like, oh, that's, that's fine. That's right, and, right. You know, grandma, appreciate everything you can do. But as a kid, you're like, I want two toys. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I was first. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yes, that is true. All those kids in June, man, they're getting hooked up. You uh, know, mine was so. in July. It was amazing. So it was, it was yeah. perfect right in the middle. So. Yeah. All right. If you guys don't know who, if you don't know who Colin is, he is a Colin Lepiscopo is the director of campaign strategy for Global Leadership Network. And he has nine plus years of experience marketing live events, TV production, Broadway musicals, best-selling books, and online products. He is also the founder of Meta Conversions, a CRO agency that helps businesses grow. He is also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt who trains in San Diego. So he can kill you just by looking at you. So uh, not, he's amazing. That's not true. Okay, that's, well. Ashton Kutcher can it's, beat me up. It's, it's the cheekbones. Like it's yeah, the cheekbones. Yeah, exactly. Yes. cheekbones, Jeff. They can kill you. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Colin, press welcome. it right on your carotid artery, I think. <laughs> right. right. It just slice you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Colin, we're so excited to have you. I love, I love that you told Jeff, like, yeah, I'll come by sometime next year. And we're like, how about in two days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. And you came because you are a pro in all things. But before we get started, tell us about your organizations, both Global Leadership Network and Meta Conversions, not to be confused with the other Meta. But uh, tell us what they each do and uh, what you do at those those, uh, places. Yeah, so the Global Leadership Network basically has a big summit that they do each year in August called the Global Leadership Summit, where um, it's actually in host sites all over the world. And um, there's hundreds of thousands of people that gather. They learn important transformational leadership um, values and things and take those back to their communities, businesses, churches, organizations, and um, and help lead their teams and, and grow in that way. And it's it's really an awesome nonprofit and, and happy to be there. And uh, Meta Conversions is my personal CRO agency where I help businesses grow and increase their conversions, mainly through digital marketing, also help them with um, business consulting and strategy. So... Yeah. So pretend like you didn't know what a CRO agency was. What does CRO stand for? Yeah. So CRO is conversion rate optimization, which to put it very simply, it's basically looking to increase the percentage of conversions that could be 
new leads that could be you know more sales and um and we do that through testing and um optimizing usually the whole funnel and testing landing pages testing ads testing email all of those things awesome awesome so yeah. we've got some comments we've got our friend uh always saying uh, it's sabrina and she says hello it's me sabrina same message every week i get so excited when i see her popping in thank you sabrina for stopping by but uh she goes broadway musicals last night uh she went and saw mj the musical that's cool. Oh. I want to know what musical that you were you did because I'm I'm yeah. kind of a musical geek. So we did. This was back when I was at uh, uh, Turning Point, which is a, another global uh, broadcast company, and they did a big Christmas show on Broadway. So I got to be in New York on wow. Broadway for Christmas, which was I mean I wasn't on the stage, but like right. just so, being in Chris, yeah. being in New. York, Christmas is a magical experience if you can ever do it. And um, yeah, it was it was awesome. We put on an awesome Christmas show there. And uh, it's it's if you've ever done a, a, a Broadway musical, it's just this flurry, you know, oh, yeah. set up air down within like a, a week or a few days. And but it was it was a lot of fun. Right. And the Global Leadership Summit, I wanted to mention that real quick because I went to, I've gone through the last couple of years and I got to see uh, one of my, because they have really big name speakers. Um, there's yes. some, uh, I got to see, Todd Henry was one of them and I'm a big fan of his uh, Accidental Creative podcast and, and books, all the books that he's put out. So that was really cool. So if you have a chance to check that out, make sure that you guys, and uh, we'll try to drop a link down below where you guys can find out yeah. more about it because it's got some really great speakers. And I will tell you the speaker lineup for next year is is pretty awesome. I'm That's I'm cool. pretty excited about it. I've got some people where I'm like, we got we got them. How did we, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> how did we get them? Like, and and it's it's awesome. So I'm pretty excited. I wish I could. I wish I could I say, but I, I might get fired. So yeah, we don't. We just need to start it. We don't want to mess that up. So we don't. We don't want to get you fired. Right. Another. So when is, when, when is the conference? When is it's it? in it's in August. I think I think in it's August fourth and fifth this year. It's a two day event. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. So, and they, and they simulcast around the country. So you can probably find someplace close to you. So we'll drop the link in and let you yeah, guys hear that. And there's probably a host site near mm -hmm. you. I right. mean, there's host sites all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Something else that's all over and that we love so much is Ecamm. The show is also sponsored by Ecamm. That's social media news live forward slash Ecamm. That's social media news live.com forward slash Ecamm. They're doing a very uh, special vlogmas in their community. So uh, they have some really cool trainings, a lot of fun stuff. Doc Rocks there and a bunch of other guests are training on all the people who signed up uh, for Ecamm this last month. And it's some fun stuff going on. So do a search inside of Facebook. Just search for Ecamm community. You'll find that and you can participate as well in Vlogmas. It's really, uh, it's really a lot of fun. So go check that out on Facebook. So make sure you check them out also at social media, social media news live.com forward slash Ecamm and appreciate them sponsoring the show. All right, Grace, first yeah. section planning. This is just just a little bit. Just it's not a big topic, but planning for twenty twenty two in the midst of oh, everything going on. So talk I about know. this. It's the, it, it's the most joyous season of the year for every marketer. Yeah. It is planning season, and while the challenges and changes brought on by the pandemic continue to impact brands and nonprofits and you know entrepreneurs in very unexpected ways in twenty twenty one and ongoing into twenty twenty two. There are some big topics on every marketer's mind. There's an article by Think with Google in which they highlighted three big things, which was supply chain issues, remote work and unemployment, and low consumer trust. Now I know that that's was more of a general thing based on their own research, but uh, Colin, you've been through this last couple of years with us the year before we were together. So what have you learned yeah. from this past year? What went well for you and what were you looking, what are you looking to change as a marketer? Yeah, no. Yeah. Good, good question. You know, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I remember having a conversation with my mom, like in the middle of this and, and I, I said, you know, I think there's going to be a post COVID world and landscape and it's it's going to leave its mark in a lot of ways and things are going to kind of be changed forever and you've seen that with consumer behavior and um there's just a, a lot of things like there's there's mental health there's distancing there's a convenience thing there's like 
stocking up. There's some short term effects and long term effects. Like, you know, as far as like mental health, um, I think four in 10 adults have reported like higher stress, anxiety, depressive disorder, where in 2019, it was one in 10. Um, And that's just the people that have that were brave enough to say something. Um, (laughs) We're more distanced. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have gone remote. Um, There's been a lot of dispersion in the market with education, uh, medical and healthcare, uh, media, you've got movies that are releasing, you know, directly to to digital uh, finance with crypto and and PayPal, things like that. and uh, and also just in person, you know, like I've noticed um, it, out here in California, we kind of have a, a little bit bigger of a personal space than maybe areas like the East Coast. Right. Well, now that personal space is like six feet. I, like I just noticed people are just spread out more um, in general and um, convenience. Like we value convenience now more as consumers. So that means more online orders. That means more delivery. You probably even have noticed this more, like you might be ordering food more, might be ordering groceries more. Um, and people are stocking up. Um, so that means cost per sale is going to go up. That means subscription models are more important, things like that. So, um, I would say just like overall, think about how that affects your business. Think about your customer, how they've been affected um, for short term and long term, and and also other things that are going on in their lives, right? Not just their consumer behavior. So, like, have there have there been new schools? Has there been loss of friends and family? Um, has have there are they less connected? You know, what did they have to give up, or what did they lose from the pandemic? Mm. Um, you know. Everyone has usually has less time, and they're more overwhelmed. That's what we're hearing from a lot of um, a lot of people uh, in our in our partnership network. Um, and then the long term, you know, uh, Grace hinted at this a little bit. Like, there's less trust. There's increased stress. It's going to be harder to make decisions for consumers. So that's a lot of the like maybe <laughs> things that are that are going on, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then that's not even talking about like hiring churn and inflation and there's a baby boom and the supply chain issues, right? So there's, right. there's a lot of, of disturbance going on. Um, so, so um, yeah, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about, okay, I get, you know, I mean, yes, my sh- online shopping and my business was, yeah. everybody wanted to get online and learn how to do video. So it was great, you know, and it's changed behaviors. Like I've got enough toilet paper for the zombie apocalypse because I'm never going <laughs> to, that was, I don't, I don't need to eat. I just need toilet paper. So, uh, totally. I have plenty of that. Um, but what, so I mean, th- if you listen to, you know, what we just were talking about, it can be super overwhelming for marketers. Yes. Like, Oh my yes. gosh, I get all this. I see all this stuff happening. Um, and it can be a little overwhelming. So what do marketers need like to consider and include yeah. in their, their analysis? Because that can be super overwhelming, especially for like small businesses, solopreneurs, you know, what do they really need to focus on the most out of that yeah. kind of list that you said that, that you've been seeing? Yeah. What do you do with all that? Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I would actually like sit down and think about your customer and, and if you if you have ways of interacting with them and talking about talking with them, interviewing, like find out what's going on in their lives, like find out what all those effects have been. Right. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit of like, and you're reviewing your, your 2021 plan, mm-hmm. but have to, I would say the biggest thing is you have to be able to adapt to your customer's adapting needs. Like their needs are adapting, their pain points are changing. You need to be able to adapt so you can meet them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also say the big thing is, is the trust. There's less trust, so that means you need to meet that with more transparency, especially about any negative experiences that, that your brand might or, or services or product might be um, delivering. So if there's something negative, like be upfront about it. Um, the more you can be transparent, uh, the more that will continue to build trust. I think that's like, I've seen that a lot happening more with like things aren't happening with the supply chain and people are like, like I've gotten some things like, Hey, sorry, your order's delayed. Um, here's a $5 off coupon for next time. So, I mean, totally. those companies are doing it well. Then other ones are like, just, you can't get any information from them and you know, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so those, oh, yeah. those ones that are able to communicate, I think are really going to win in the end. So absolutely. And those ones that aren't, it's not that they don't know, they know what the issue is. They're just not communicating it to their customer. Mm. So communicate Mm -hmm. it. And like when you, when you don't address the negative experience, it doesn't just go away. Like your customer still experiences it and then they know you ignored them. So it's even worse. Yeah. Great points about communication. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, and yeah. it's funny though, because like you, you know, you talk about communication and being open and honest, and that brings up a question of personalization. So the being able to personalize an experience and go to them and say, Hey, Colin, I know you had this problem. And then there's the other end of that. where like, how do you know my name is Colin? So, you know, like, we're, how do you balance? Like, You're like, wait a second. I thought I had privacy here. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah. Right, right. And I know we've all gone through it last couple of years with the questions about privacy. And there's, a, I listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously, and there's a Facebook ad that they've been running where they're like, you know, we're at the forefront of privacy. And I was like, <laughs> whatever right so does that good or bad and of course you know we've been on the other side of it as as social media marketers we're like that's that's our data you know whatever so how do you balance being able to create a personalized um empathic experience for your customers versus uh respecting privacy security concerns that may come up if they don't really understand how you got that information yeah, good. That's a good question. Um, so private, the privacy thing, um, it's interesting because you have a lot of companies that are, you know, fighting over privacy with Apple and, and Google and Facebook. And really all it is, is it's they, they want their piece of the pie. They, they want mm-hmm. your information. So they guise it as they want to protect you, but that's really not what's going on. So that's kind of what's going on in the background. So that's actually decreasing trust even, even more. So Again, I think it comes to transparency. As a consumer, they want transparency on their privacy. So yes, they want to have these meaningful experiences. They want it to be valuable as an individual. Um, I would say try to make it memorable. If they can recall when they shared their information, you want to make that sharing voluntarily, right? Like, oh, I, I put in my name. You know, I told you that my name is Colin, so now you're going to be able to address me as Colin, right? I, I gave that information to you voluntarily. Um, if you make it memorable, then they will remember giving you that information hopefully or that will help them remember um and there's you know different ways to do it make it very clear um Uh like just tell them that what you're going to do like hey here's what we're going to do with your information you know again give communicate be transparent um and you can also give make it more manageable give them agency you know maybe they only want you to know their name or they only want you to know a few things about them so make it so that they can review and manage how their data is being used and then again tell them how you're going to use that hey we want your name so that we can we know who you are and we can address you that way we want you know this your location so we can uh, better serve you and show you things in your area that are more relevant to you, you know, tell them how you're going to use it. Cause a lot of times it's to serve them. It's to help them. Right. And you just want to make that, make that transparent for them. Mm, that's yeah. great. So go, uh, go ahead, Jeff. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Ladies first. No, you go ahead. No, just kidding. <laughs> we do this every week, but, uh, so what, Okay, I have a question about like actual tactics. So what are the top platforms oh, yeah. or initiatives that businesses are investing in and why? I always ask this question of, of you know, out of everything you could be doing as a marketer and all, all the places you could be, because I mean, there's no shortage of places where you can be. Why choose X or why choose Y and Z? So what are some of these top platforms that your company and your clients, what are they looking to I- do in 2020? 22. <laughs> the, the big thing, the big thing we're looking to do is, is, uh, invest in awareness really. Um, I would say, and that's more of a general, a general thing. Um, but video for sure, um, investing in video and, and, and content marketing still, we can talk, talk a little bit more of that probably later. Um, but content video awareness, like very top of funnel, um, because we just realized that there's a lot of people out there that still don't know who we are and, Mm. um, and spreading that awareness. Um, so it's really going to be a combination of all the, the, the channels of strategy. It's like, it's going to encompass organic. It's going to encompass paid social. Um, it'll encompass public relations and SEO. Um, but a lot of focus on video marketing and content marketing. So, on that, so I would assume for the Global Leadership uh, Summit and network, and that you would do really well on LinkedIn. So, do you? I mean, I'm, I want to. I'd like to know like specific networks. Are you going to be doing more video on LinkedIn? Or are you going to just? I mean, do you have one that you kind of prioritize over another when it comes to like social organic? Um, we we kind of use both. I would okay. say LinkedIn and Facebook are the two okay. main ones. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I yep. just, because of that niche, I was thinking that that was probably one that would, would focus on uh, quite yep. a bit. So, 
Um, so I want to talk about, and I want to dive deep in this because this is a, I hear more and more people talk about it and, uh, how, and everyone's like, I'm going to double down this year. And I say the same thing. And then I end up not, I know Ian Anderson gray, who's watching right now, he said the same thing. And so we're holding each other accountable, but it's all about the future of email marketing and what people are going to be doing for 2022. So, you know, <laughs> there's the, the whole thing that people are like, you know, emails are back. And like, where did they ever go? We're still, you know, uh, yeah. it's uh, Grace had written, you know, it's, it's so 2000, but it's, but more and more businesses are utilizing, uh, uh, utilizing it over social media. In fact, uh, I talked a little bit last week. The thing I read every day is marketing brew and the morning brew. And it's a specific newsletter that comes out daily that I, I read more than I do the other stuff. And there's certain ones I always open. Like I always open ones from Ian. I open ones from Mike Alton. I open ones from Ann Handley. So there's, these emails that I work that, that these long newsletters that are, I find very valuable and more and more companies I think are doing this. So, um, uh, entrepreneur said, even in the age of social media, more than 70% of people still like to hear from businesses via email, which I was really surprised at. Um, and the other thing I would love to talk about as we talk about optimization is in this uh, survey that, about email that I was reading, it said 42% of all email opens happen on mobile apps. And I know that I do that a lot too, but the problem is a lot of these, even big companies that are sending their flyers and sales out aren't optimized for mobile. And it's just like garbage on there and I can't click off their pop-up and it just drives me nuts. And so yeah. I want you to talk about some of this stuff like optimizing and you know the bounce rate and all this stuff, what you've seen, because I know you're kind of specialized in this. Uh, yeah. What should we do in 2022? See, I rhymed, look how cool that was. I should yes. put a t-shirt together. Well, there's, there's a lot to, and there's a lot to be said about like, Hey, reviewing your, everything you did for 2021. But, um, mar email marketing is not dead. I don't know. Or it didn't go away. Right. Or, I mean, you might've stopped sending emails, but n uh, no one else did. I mean, <laughs> people's inboxes were, were still getting, getting hit. And, um, a lot of revenue is still coming, you know, like 79% of revenue is coming from, from email. Um, so, you know, we recently, uh, did an event, um, a few days ago and I filled all those registrations strictly from email. Awesome. Um, so I would say it is still very important. And, um, you know, we can talk about the iOS 15, um, changes as well and how that's affecting yeah. like, like open rates and things like that. But, um, you know, email is still very, very important and very should be a, a vital, um, you know, medium for your for your marketing strategy. So um, it's it's a big way you're going to stay top of mind and um, communicate with your customers. So uh, a couple I want to have bring up a couple comments from our, our audience. Gary says Ann Handley's newsletter rocks. It really does. So if you don't do it and she's so funny, I, get, I wish I could write yeah. like her. Uh, her book and her emails are amazing. So check her out if you haven't uh, done that. Sabrina says she always opens emails from the coach outlet store. That's funny. I, I, yeah, my, my wife said in her Coles cash, she always opens those emails too. So, uh, and then yeah. Anna says email marketing has never gone away. People just don't like to use it like they should. Jenna Kutcher has yeah. always talked about the importance of your email list. Yeah. Uh, Amy Porterfield, a lot of those yeah. people talk about it, but here's the question I would love for your thoughts on. It's from Ian. He goes, how do you know if your emails newsletters are working or not, it's easy to lose sight of, of reality when you run your own business on your own, man. I think sure. he's echoing a lot of people right there. So how do you know if it's worth doing? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you have to look at your, your metrics, right? You have to look at the data. This the data is going to inform that, but they're also, and, and we could talk the specifics about that, but there also is things you cannot like you just can't measure. And right. if you think about how you interact with your inbox, you'll see these things, you know, like when you pull up your inbox and you look through your, your emails, you're looking through your tabs might be like, sometimes I just nuke my promotions tab. <laughs> um, okay. Like that means I go all the way, I go to the top, I click, I go to the bottom, I click and I just like nuke it. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's just filling up. There are some, uh, emails I get that like, I make sure I never miss that email. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm clicking it and I'm opening it and I'm, and I'm looking at it and I'm seeing what's in there because it's a comp a brand I interact with. I really care about. There are also emails that I just see and I see that it's from like what company it's from and I don't open it. Right. And I might do that for four or five emails. 
and it might be a subject line that gets me to open or I might just it might just be timing. So I think timing is a big part, but I'll open it and then I'm I'm reading the email and then maybe it takes another two emails before I'm like opening. I'm reading it. Now I'm clicking through your site. So I when, when it gets to the metrics, right, because you can look at like how much traffic are my emails driving? How many sales am I getting directly from emailing? You can look at the last click attribution. You can look at your assisted conversion value in Google Analytics, right? Like what um, did did that email play a part in the conversion, right? Which it, it surely did. But there's also those like unseen metrics of like, hey, you were just like in my inbox and I'm seeing your brand and mm -hmm. I'm like, your brand is top of mind, even though I'm not opening those emails. Even right. So like the data can sometimes just not inform what's actually going on, which is like, hey, you got some awareness. You stayed top of mind. Like there's brands where I'm like, hey, I've, I forgot about them because they weren't right. in my inbox, even if I wasn't ready to open their email. So some, sometimes like the timing's just, just off. People aren't checking their inbox at the right time. They're just nuking it. So I would say, look at those metrics. That's how you know whether it's working or not, but also just don't like give up on email because you're like, well, people aren't opening it. So I guess it's not working. Well, like, well, maybe, maybe look at like changing up your subject lines or change something mm -hmm. up to like kind of disrupt the pattern a little bit or change sender is a good way to like, you know, throw pe people like, wait, who's this, this person? And they might just <laughs> open the email and like, right. you know, that, that works a lot. Um, but also think about those like kind of un unseen metrics that you, you won't get, especially with the changes that are coming. Um, but those are also, uh, a contributing factor to everything as well. So, so what's a time range that you should look at? Because I, just as you were talking, I realized my own email behaviors, which is I prioritize certain things like emails from my kids' school, and then for yeah. work at, over at Restream, like we we've, we've actually switched over to another platform that is we barely send emails, right? But then like so there'll be one day a week where I'm like looking at all my emails. So I might get something sent to me on Monday. I'm not opening it till Friday, but I'm still opening it, right? I'm still getting it. Right. But if they're only looking at, you know, oh, it had an open rate of such and such within 24 hours, well, they're not going to catch yep. me. Yep. <laughs> good, like, good, good question. No, yeah. that's that's a good that's a good point. I've seen emails perform like a month later, okay? Especially with like the holidays. Like you might be sending sending emails especially like like people people are getting blown up right now, right? Because it's <laughs> yeah. just like oh, yeah. like everything going on with like yeah. with like the holidays. But then people are also like taking breaks and other things and and they're only interested in certain emails around this time, right? And so um, you might see people open emails from a month ago. Right. Yeah. Or even later, oh, yeah. like depending on what's going on. So um, and depending on like all those things like like, you know, timing and events. And so, um, yeah, you kind of need to to look at those open rates um, further down the line as well. One of the things just a perfect example of that is so like Ian and a lot of live viewer, uh, video producers like myself, like we send out reminder emails about the, the show. A lot of times, like when I see it, I won't, I'll be reminded of it, but I won't even open it. Like you were saying, you I'll just see it. it like, hey, sh show today at 3 p.m. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got a show. I'll go to it. And that's I don't right. open it. And so I think that's, that's right. a great example of what you're saying. Let's talk absolutely. about. Go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, it worked, but you can't measure that it worked. Right. Yeah. Well, what's a good, I know that, I know you probably get this all the time and I know it's probably, <laughs> it varies. What's a good email open percentage rate? Uh, I saw that. There's kind of an industry standard, but then it varies by industry. What would, like when you're looking at yours for your company, you're a nonprofit, um, you know, marketing, and you have a one big event a year, what is a good email rate for you guys? I mean, I'd say if you're over um, 20%, 25 percent that's that's good you know okay. it's it's going to be depend depending on on your list size right um but i would say if you're in that range that's that's awesome you know um i know nonprofits have a big a higher yeah. Yeah. i think the industry standard i read something like was like three like it was oh, like wow bad. Yeah. i'm like really yeah and i know nonprofits are a lot higher uh so that's why i was asking yeah. about that so i would think if you're if you're hopefully like in the 15% range, you know, 17% range. But if you push over 20, you're doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a question from um, Lisa really quickly. And she goes, I thought this is over on YouTube. She said, I thought open rate reporting was going away. Did they delay that? I don't know where they're delaying it, but no. let's talk about these iOS no. 15 updates, because I think yes. maybe that's what she's talking about with some of the reporting stuff. Um, yeah. 
if you've updated to iOS 15, you've seen this because I've actually seen this. And basically what it is, is iOS 15 is kind of like implementing this um, mail privacy protection. And it's an opt-in feature with app, the Apple Mail app. Okay, mm-hmm. So that means everybody that has iOS 15 on their iPhone, their iPad, uh, or their iPod, this this affects them. And what it's going to do is it um, will make it to where the reporting of the email opening will automatically happen. So you'll see open rates change f- from like, you know, 20% to like 50%. Like mm. Because everybody with, with um, iOS 15 on those devices is going to have their emails automatically opened on the device. It's going to like count it as open, whether they open it or not. So that just means that the open rate um, data is going to be skewed. That's basically all it means now. And it also means if you're doing like open rate split tests like that, it's going to be, you know, affected by that as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So is there any remedy? How can we, I mean, I know, you know, this Facebook thing and the tracking and all that stuff is one thing, but what do we do like back to kind of Ian's question how do we know if we're successful are we tracking it by you know link clicks I mean how are yes. we is that what we're doing yeah okay yeah like I I would say like you could still like if you were testing um if you were testing subject lines and open rates you could still do that but the metrics you would use would be like you'd be looking more at your click-through rate and you'd be looking more at your your conversions, your overall conversions. And those are still important metrics when you're doing subject line testing anyway, because you might get a higher open rate. Like in the past, you might've gotten a higher open rate, but but your um, click-through would drop a little bit or you get higher open rate, your click-through rate would be up, but then the sales would be lower. It's like, there's things like that. You always have to keep the last conversion in mind um, mm-hmm. when, when you're doing those types of tests. Mm. Okay. And that's getting more complicated. So Grace, I know you oh, had a question. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> No, just focus well, on sales. It's, it's easier. It's okay, easier, I okay. promise. Yeah. yeah. Or focus on who clicks on the last link in your article, right? Or mm. your email. That means they made it all the way down to the bottom, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, just to wrap up our segment on email, because there's, we could talk forever. We could do a whole show just on email marketing. In fact, yeah. I tried to do a whole show on email marketing, and then we're like, we have all this other stuff to talk about. But um, I want to talk about best practices. Now, you already talked about some of them, like with the links and the subject lines and then looking at the open rate timing standing that period but what are some of your tips overall for improving your email marketing initiatives whatever your goals might be test keep testing keep doing split tests a b tests with your emails you can there's lots of different things you can you can continue to test subject line and see the effects, right? Just look at the different metrics, look at your click through, look at your open rates. Um, you can test body copy, you can test, you know, the HTML versus the the simple, test all those things, continue to do that. Um, I would also say uh, if you stopped emailing or you slowed your emailing, like re-engage, re-engage if you stopped. And uh, I'd also say if you don't have a re-engagement campaign for people that have lapsed, um, do that because um, you can get people back in and engaged and back into your into your mainstream of messaging. Um, and you can also learn a lot when you do a re-engagement campaign because mm-hmm. people will respond. <laughs> like people will be like, I stopped because of this. And you'll be like, okay, that's valuable information. Like this person said no for this reason, right? And then you can start to, maybe you make a shift, um, but you can at least like get some information from your customers. And then you have a chance to, I would say, reply, reply, continue to, to um, answer questions when people reach out. Um, it is still a way to communicate. It is a, it is a communication. We're not just shouting in people's inboxes. Um, we also want to like have a conversation there if we can as well. Yeah. Okay. I want to throw an audible. I got, well, go ahead. Grace. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Jeff. I was going to ask, Colin, like there's a lot of tools and a lot of technologies and a lot of platforms that you can use to distribute email. We have one at at uh, Reach Your Mood called Iterable, and apparently like it just blows past like all the challenges with Google, right? The Gmail issues, right? Like getting it yeah, marked yeah. as legitimate email. And I never What's miss that? an email from my own company because of that. And it's amazing. So what are some of the tools that you recommend that you've used that have been successful for your email marketing? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I've used Drift in the past. I've used, uh, we're currently using Active Campaign, and there's a lot of tools in there, right, to just make sure you're you're staying out of spam, you're you're getting to the inbox, you're getting through clean. Um, there's also, you know, um, things you can do to test your, make sure your IP is good and things like that, make sure it's clean. Um, but yeah, cool. Definitely do all those things. So I want to throw a little uh, like audible in this that I we didn't tell you we were going to talk about, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about frequency, like how often should you email, and the other one would be um, like welcome sequences because I because I stink at that and I'm just getting going to get, get free consulting right now. So uh, <laughs> from yeah. college, so talk about like how often should you email your audience, and then also like what you know what's a you know. How many, because I've seen some sequences that they've got it like, it's like a choose your own adventure novel. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for that. I mean, how do you, I mean, how, how, you know, detailed do you need to be with your opening sequence? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. So as far as frequency, that's a tough one because it really depends on what's going on, right? If you have a, a, ca- a campaign going on, you might have a steady rhythm. Like we're like, Hey, we're going to email you every week because we have an update and there's you know kind of set things um but it it can fluctuate depending on what's going on i would say if you have something important to say then up your frequency and Mm. and let people know about it Um, if you're providing value like consistently like that's that's good um so there's no like hard and fast rule with frequency of like, how, am I sending too many emails? Am I not sending enough emails? Um, if people are just like, un, if your unsubscribe rate is just going through the roof, then your, your frequency is probably too high, right? That's that's the metric I would look at as your unsubs. Um, and then as far as welcome sequences, I think some of the best ones I've seen, um, you can do, yeah, you know, like the choose your own adventure thing. I think right. I would keep that to a minimum because anytime you you offer all these options, people tend to do nothing. So like you were saying, you're like, well, I don't want, I'll choose, I'll choose nothing, choose none of the above. And, um, I think some of the best ones have been this like guided experience and you've kind of put them into, um, like usually it's going to start with some sort of opt-in or freebie, right. From the welcome sequence. And you just kind of guide them through that content, you know, and, and, and hold their hand through each step and tell them what's next. Um, and that I would say is going to be high frequency. It's like, you're going to get this like immediately after you download, it's going to be in your inbox. Go check it out. Cause I want you to make sure you, you see this part of it. Right mm-hmm. now they're going into their inbox and they're engaging and sorry, I have a military plane flying over. So <laughs> if you guys can hear that. He's um, going to be okay, folks. I'm going to be okay. We, yeah. We did have a plane crash out here, but oh my gosh. we're doing okay. So, um, so now they're going to go to their inbox. Then you want to say, Hey, I'm going to email you for the next seven days. And we're going to walk through this, like this resource that you gave them or whatever mm-hmm. you wanted them to see them or get them to know your brand and all the different aspects and then tell them what's next. Like, Hey, tomorrow I'm going to be email you about this. Um, I want you to check out this page or I want you to check out this, at this minute mark in the video, like, like give them, give them points that they can go to, tell them what they're going to get, tell them what's next. And now they're expecting that email the next day. I'm going to email you this. This is the subject line. You're going to see it. Like it's as simple as that. And just walk them through, hold their hand through that experience. That's some of the best welcome sequences I've seen. And you're just like getting value um, every step of the way. And um, because a lot of times people, I'm sure you've seen this, people will get, get the freebie, they'll get the download. Nothing happens. They never open it and they never do anything ever again. Mm. And that's not the type of person you want on your email list. You want somebody who's engaged with that they've gotten value from it. They've got to know you and your brand and they've had a good experience in that welcome sequence. Like you, you welcome them, you know? So <laughs> that's great. That's great advice. Yeah. Now I'm going to go back and rewind and listen to that all again, <laughs> because that was really good. And, and, um, Brian says, uh, maybe I need to tell the Bitcoin scammers that 10 meals a day is a little bit too many. That, okay. Yeah. That's probably a little, that's too probably a little excessive. So, you know, this is about, we talked a little bit about the, the future of email marketing. So, what is is it just the same old best practices there's nothing really new under the sun is it just well for 2022 do you see anything changing in email other than really focusing and testing more and having maybe some new tools to do that is there anything like crazy on the horizon that you've seen not that i see i think the the biggest disruption was the the ios 15 okay um yeah but no i I don't see anything else coming up that's that's alarming (laughs) And this is going to kind of go into our next section, but I'd love to, to get your thoughts because we do it, um, is, uh, S, um, you know, text marketing. 
So, and yeah. one of the things, cause this ties into the, the privacy thing is I tell people like, Hey, sign up for this text reminder and we're not going to spam you with anything. It's just a reminder about the show. And I think it's really important. And I've seen other companies do this is like, if you say you're going to only get this, you don't dump them into your, your general list. No. Uh, love your thoughts on text-based marketing and also like, you know, doing what you, you say you're going to do because so many people just dump you in that big funnel and you're like, I didn't sign up for that. I don't want, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. SMS and WhatsApp are huge. And those are, you know, those integrations with like Shopify and stuff. Those mm-hmm. are um, great ways to like automate and have those conversations. Like, like they have higher open rates, higher response rates than I think, I think something like a 98% yeah, open it's, rate. It's awesome. Uh, they're through the roof. And, um, it is like, people are pretty protective of their like phone numbers mm-hmm. and their, 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 te- their, their messaging inbox on their phones, their texting. So I would just caution, like you said, um, do what you say you're going to do there because it's kind of, it's, it's, it's more sacred than the email inbox. Right. I would say that. So don't abuse it. Um, but it is powerful. It's a powerful way to communicate. I mean, we all have our devices with us usually 24 hours a day. So we're going to get those alerts. We have watches with them. We're going to get it on our watch. Right, right. Like people are going to see those messages. So make sure they're worth seeing, you know, mm-hmm. um, make sure they're important enough um, because I think it can be really easy to burn people out and they're going to opt out if it's, if it's not something that's helpful for them or serving them, you know, like think about the types of SMS um, alerts that you want to get. And there's things like helpful reminders, you know, and um, maybe it's like upcoming appointments and stuff like that. Like I always opt in for the uh, appointments like, yep, blast me. Let me know. I don't want to forget about that. appointment. Right. (laughs) Right. Things like that. Totally okay with, yeah. So if you think about things like that, like for events, how you can use that for events and letting people know about events and, hey, we want to make sure you don't miss this. And those can be important ways. But, yeah, definitely don't just like throw them into your main marketing channel and just start blasting them right. unless they're game for that. They might be right. like, yep, give it to me. I want it all. That's where um, getting back into like letting them letting them choose what information they're giving you and what they're opting into is really valuable and important. That's great advice. And Brian says, yeah, yeah, dumping them, everybody in a funnel is probably the quickest way to lose trust. And so I think that's, that's true as well. Um, and what I, I kind of think of anybody who's given us the, um, their, their phone number for the email, remi- the text reminders, that's almost automatically what Pat Flynn calls super fans. So that's what I treat them as like, these are, they love our stuff. They want to get reminded about the show. Yep. I am not going to mess up that relationship. They're only going to get what I said that they're going to get. So I think, yeah, yeah that's great. So totally. that leads right into our next section, digital marketing predictions. So he's going to put on his, his little hat and you know, he's going to, what was that on Carson? He would always do the great, um, Oh, I, oh, can't, yeah. even, I can't even remember. Uh, what, he's like, yeah, holding up That's the, right. yeah. the envelopes. Carnac, Carnac, Carnac. Yeah, so yeah, Colin is Colin Carnac is what we're going to have today. So Grace, take it. Take I, like it that, I like that you held up your phone to your forehead because <laughs> that right. is where that is where my brain lives actually in the phone. So yeah. that is accurate. I, Thank you. I didn't have an so, envelope on hand. <laughs> <laughs> Who uses those anymore? That's oh so, my gosh! Just send an email, Colin. Just yeah, kidding. Come on. <laughs> So Ford published its five digital marketing predictions for 2022. Of course, the top three in there were hybrid events as being the new normal. I know you and I can both have a long conversation about what that is like. Uh, AI and then, of course, content, which you touched on at the top of our show. So Jeff and I had our little prediction show a few weeks ago. It was just based on a roundup of the news we've been seeing. But tell us, what are your digital marketing trends what are the digital marketing trends that you are seeing out there yeah i mean for sure hybrid events is is the new normal that means in, in partially in person and partially digital and um at at the glm we have a very i think unique model where we have these these host sites we have this these host site partners all over the world that are in person events, you know, and they're, they're hosting our event and, and live streaming it there. And then we, we also needed to adapt to the digital experience. And so now that yes, hybrid events are the new normal. I think the, the 
the big thing is, hey, how are you serving both of those and how are you creating um, important experiences for both the digital and the in-person? Um, because it's it's there's there's two now to focus on. And I think a lot of people don't focus on the digital experience as much, especially if they like came came out of the in-person if you're if they're purely digital they are because that's that's the main focus but if they're in person they might neglect the digital experience and so uh, you just want to make sure that you're making that as um, as good of a, a interaction and experience as possible with like second screens and mm. and the information and just everything that they get to interact with so that they get to feel a little bit of the experience they can't be there so um you just want to make that as, as impactful as possible for them instead of just like oh they're just like they've got a watch page and that's it you know i think we've, <laughs> we've moved past uh, uh just having a watch page Pe people expect a little bit more than that yeah i think you're right so yeah. Um, one of the things is uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about one of the, the articles we had we had kind of some, did some research on. It's talking talking about nonprofits as business opportunities, and it was according to this was a 2018 report from uh, AccuCenter. 62 percent of customers want companies to take a stand on current and broadly relevant issues like sustainability, transparency, or fair employment practices. And the chances are good in 2022 that brands will continue to kind of emphasize these values uh, in their marketing. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about building partnerships with nonprofit organizations that are actively helping the community, you know, preserving the environment and generally kind of making the world a better place. So, you know, there's also been people who've gotten in trouble because you shouldn't just collaborate just to say, um, you know, we're doing this just because we can. There's a we have a great podcast coming out on Guy Kawasaki show about the fashion industry and the sustainability of that. And those jeans that say are made from, you know, bottles or whatever. It's just a big hype. It's it's and they're all fighting over the yeah. same resource. And it's just so when you find out that you're like, oh, my gosh, that's they're not really doing anything. I'm the one recycling. They're just buy it, you know, whatever. And so you got to be careful of like, part, you know, yoking yourself to somebody that's not really doing what they say they're doing. So how can, you know, you talk to us a little bit about how companies can align their values with maybe some other nonprofits or somebody else who's got a vision that fits into this and doing it in a way that's not just using them to have a good net. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Companies that are using that, uh, trying to leverage that in, in a way that's not authentic. Um, it's, it's just not going to, come off well you know mm -hmm. with with customers like you're saying if it's if it's not really authentic um i think the key is like yeah if you can find um common values or similar values um or or maybe it's just a nonprofit like you hey we believe in their mission like we just believe in their mission like for me we um we give 10 percent of all revenue to, to charity water it's mm -hmm. like because well, we believe in in that mission that they're bringing clean water to um to places all around the world that don't have it like that's just it's 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 a necessity for human life so that's just an easy one you know um there aren't really that's not tied to cro in any specific way right. that's just a nonprofit that i believe in and um so I think if you can find similar values, that's that's great. Um, but I know that there's there's lots of companies that that partner with nonprofits, and um, it's just because they believe in that cause. But it's got to be authentic, you know. If you customers see that a mile away when you're just doing it to, um, you know, to look good or to say that right. you're doing it, right? And I think there's going to be more and more of those kind of companies that will get in trouble in 2022 because they're going to find out like, oh, they really didn't give and. What was it called, Grace? Greenwashing when they, they yeah, it was greenwashing. They they have another word for it, virtue signaling. You know, there's like right. there's a lot of little like code sure. words out there when people. Well, essentially, what they're getting at is like this doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel authentic, right? Right. So, mm -hmm. so let's talk yeah. about this for like. So you know, most people want to are good and want to do good things, but it doesn't always mean that you know, like yeah. especially like companies like mine and Ian's, and it's sometimes we don't have the resources to you know to join in or, or whatever. So what can we do? I know, like, I think a great example, maybe like Lou Mangiello, who we've had on the show before, he partners with Make-A-Wish and he's just kind of organically raised over the years, like $150,000, $200,000 to bring kids from the Make-A-Wish Foundation to Disney through, he sponsors running teams and does events and stuff. And so 
is that the best way for, I guess, smaller companies and solopreneurs is to maybe partner with one of these big organizations and just maybe drive awareness to it? Yeah, I think so. Like you could, you, you don't necessarily have to be giving revenue, but even if you can just uh, partner with them in that way, bring awareness, um, use your platform and, and leverage that um, and say that this is a cause that you believe in, um, that's, that might get every, uh, your customers or your base in, interested um, in that, that nonprofit and that cause it might be relevant to them again, especially if there's, there's similar values there or, um, but if you're, if you're a donor, you believe in the mission, you know, you should be able to communicate that to, to your customers. Awesome. Grace, did you have anything to follow up before I, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, essentially we want to know like, what are some companies that are doing a great job collaborating with nonprofits or charitable organizations? But I want to flip that around a little bit because you do work for a nonprofit and you also have your own company. So let's say, um, some brand comes to you at Global Leadership Network and says that, you know, we want to partner with you. We believe in you. What are some questions you'd have for that company mm. before you agree to partner with them or allow them to partner with you? However, that relationship goes like what are what would you be looking for in a company partner and a brand partner? Yeah, I mean, I think we'd, we'd obviously want to know like what they're doing, what the what the impact is, make, make sure it's a lot in, in alignment with our our company vision and um you know we we want to a lot of times um it would be like communities or, or businesses um you know in in local areas and it might not necessarily be like big companies but um it, it might be like smaller partnerships and um we wouldn't want to overlook them if they're having a an impact in the community like we want to empower them and, and help them to do that so to be just make, making sure the vision is in alignment um with what we're trying to do um but we're trying to have a positive impact in those communities like when the leaders get better Every, everybody gets better. The organization gets better. The community gets better. And so um, we just want to make sure it's in alignment with that and um, and, and overall what the, the growth of that community or, or business or area is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Colin, I'm so glad that we able to have this chat because if anybody knows what's going to happen in 2022, it's, it's you. So uh, I appreciate you. Coming. I don't. <laughs> but, but, but you have, can, you have a lot of knowledge. Our- but yeah, we can do our due diligence to be as prepared as possible. And we, we know some things that are coming. But right, yeah. right. So I don't uh, know if there's a Zeta variant or not. I can't tell you that. No, I, oh. I, I've, I've learned enough about the Greek alphabet that I've I ever know. wanted to know. I like, know. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done I, learning about Greek. <laughs> I, I do want to bring um, uh, coming up. So when we're talking about super fans, Sabrina says, uh, I am a super fan. Sabrina, you are and you are super awesome. And we super appreciate you. Thank you for all you do Jeff's and sharing it out. She so is text today. Like. Yeah, she's <laughs> so anyway, Colin, where can people, uh, we've been flashing up your lower third, but let's go ahead and say it for people listening to the podcast. Where, sure. some, where can uh, people find out more about you? Yeah. If you, if you're interested in, in conversion rate optimization, or just, you want to work with me, you can go to live.metathesite.com slash contact. Um, just fill that out. Let me know what you want to talk about and, and we can talk there. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, and, uh, those are kind of just the, the best two ways to, to find me. Awesome. Grace yeah. Duffy, where can we find out about all things Grace Duffy and what, here, what you're doing? Every week, Friday with you, Jeff. Every right. week, every Friday, except I'm here, except when I'm not. That's what that's, I say now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm over at Restream. Come check us out. We are a live streaming platform that allows you to multi-stream to multiple different places. So come check that out. That's where I am when I'm not with Jeff on Fridays here. That's right. And you guys, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, Sabrina, as always, Dustin, for stopping by, all the great comments, Elisa, Brian, all everybody who's uh, participated, whatever platform you're on, uh, leaving us great comments and uh, suggestions. And we would love to give a shout out, and we're going to give a shout out to our friends over at Ecamm. They make all this possible. If you'd like to make an awesome live show like this, make sure you guys go check them out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Check out their community. They're doing Vlogmas right now. You can just do a search for them in Facebook. Just search for Ecamm Community and you should be able to find that and join there because they are amazing and we appreciate them sponsoring the show. And uh, so uh, before we end, I want to bring up this uh, by Brian. He goes, thank you to all. And I want Colin's lamp. I know it's an awesome lamp. lamp. The Star Wars lamp for you guys listening on the podcast. It's amazing. I don't know. I haven't seen it before. Now I have to go do a search on Pinterest and find it out. I I don't know where you get that. Who knows where my dad found that. It's amazing. So 
Thank you guys for watching. We appreciate all you, and we will see you guys next week. We're at the same time. Um, it's on, uh, what's the date next week? It is 17th. the 17th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. We're always on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.